What's up, people? Welcome back to the BCMA Podcast. It's your boy, Lucky, from Lucky's Muay Thai. And we are still in a worldwide pandemic, but the United States said, no, screw that, we opening. So we're open. Uh, they're still protesting out there. I hope everybody's wearing a mask, being safe, protecting yourself. Um, as the United States has been opening, so have the cases been spiking. So, you know, be aware. If you're going to the gym and all that, make sure you're washing your gloves out, you know, wiping everything off with bleach and whatnots. Um, and also uh, arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. So on that note, let's move on. So the big debate this week has been around cornering, and I have a little bit of an expertise in that somewhat. So um, I decided I'd throw my two cents in, and, you know, maybe it's a different opinion than you've heard. A lot of people have been going hard one way or hard the other way. I've heard a lot of opinions, a lot of, you know, valid opinions on both sides about how somebody should be cornered and, and from all different angles. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about it. Also, this came about because of UFC uh, on ESPN 11. Max Roshkoff fought Austin uh, Hubbard. And it was even going into the third round. They go back to the, Max goes back to the corner, basically just sits down with his head down and says, call it. Uh, Robert Drysdale, who is his coach and fantastic jiu-jitsu practitioner, he's been around. He's been in the sport and been around for a long time. I'm a, a big fan of his. I used to have a DVD of his. So... Uh, he kept pushing all the way until the very end. And Max kept saying, I want out, no call it, no call it, no call it. And um, so the debate was, obviously the, the commission called it or whatever, but the ref called it. Anyway, the debate was whether or not you should be putting somebody's um, life in jeopardy like that. Or if, you know, that's the way you do it, you got to push the fighter until... You know, until they either, till they get up and say, yo, all right, I'm ready. They pound their chest and they go back out there. Um, but I don't know, man. I think, um, that it's really depending upon the fighter. I used to have, I've had a couple of instances where this is, ha- where things have happened, where I've been wanting to stop it or I had to push a little bit. I had a fighter who was just starting out. He had not had a fight yet. This was his first fight. He fought somebody with a little bit of experience more than him. And, or maybe a little bit more than that. Anyway, he fought him and it was headgear, the whole thing, but he was getting mollywopped and he just would not quit. He came back second round. I was like, listen, man, I think I'm probably going to stop it here. No, I don't stop it. I'm, I'm ready. You know, so like in his case, I let him go back out there and I kind of let the refs deal with it. You know, they, they came to the corner. Oh, if I don't see anything. And he finished the fight and he was glad that he finished it. And it was a tough go, but you know, that was a choice that he really, really wanted. And you know, he spit blood all over my chest, like all over my shirt. Like it was kind of crazy. Um, but you know, it was a choice that he made. So I let him, you know, let going out there, man, if you did, if you think you still got something to show and you're amped up like that, then yeah, man, you got to go. I had another fighter though. And it was her first fight and she came to me in between rounds and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, no, you're going to get back out there and do this because you can do it. You know, she was tough. She's tough. So um, I'm glad I did that. I was definitely worried about it. She was uh sandbag. <laughs> so she got somebody in her tournament that was way more experienced than her. And they lied about it. Um, Anyway, she finished the fight and she was happy she finished because 
I think she would have regretted it her entire life had she not finished. Um, I had another fighter get an eye poke, came to the corner and was like, ah, I thought he was okay. And he was like, I can't see. I was like, you sure? I can't see. You sure? I can't see. And man, it's over. It is what it is. I think it depends upon the person. It depends on, upon the fighter. It depends upon the risk. Like, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? I always tell people that you never know that you could, you could literally die in there, especially in boxing, right? So if you're boxing, you know, there's a real big opportunity for you to die from head trauma. There's only been about seven or eight deaths, seven deaths maybe in MMA. But here's the thing that we don't talk about very much. You may not die in there, but almost 100% guaranteed you are going to have a lifelong injury of some sort. More than likely going to have to have surgeries, maybe several. Um, these are not things that are discussed as much. It's always more talked about, oh, you're going to get CTE or, you know, this kind of stuff. But yeah, MMA is definitely more safe in the, in the respect that they'll stop a fight early. Boxers, they'll send the guy back out there after an eight count for sure. You can also spend the, the entire time grappling if you're capable. You know, I mean, you could take people down and hold them down and, you know, win rounds like that. I mean, we've seen that just happen. But the truth of the matter is, you're going to have some injuries that are going to last you throughout your entire, this goes also back to pay, right? Whether, whether or not fighting is an opportunity, uh, like a springboard of some sort to jump onto something else or not, you should still be getting paid your worth. And if you're going to go out there and potentially get extremely hurt, listen, man, I want to be able to, to, um, run alongside my little girl while she's riding her bike, Right. I want to be able to do her homework with her, right? I want to be able to do those things. There's quality of life. There's a, there's a real thing. So as a corner, do you have to take that into account? Like, yo, MMA is such a tough sport. You got to be the toughest. It's a tough sport. It's hard. You got to push hard. Yes, you definitely have to do all of that. The question is, where is the ending there? Like to what, what is the cost? See, the thing about MMA that's different from boxing is, you could actually have some losses on your record, even a decent amount of losses, and you still can make it to a title. You can still become a legend. Like, it's not like boxing where you have a couple of losses and all of a sudden you're back at the bottom and you'll never, you know, it's not like that. MMA is different. MMA, you can have 12 losses, you know, F around and have 10 wins and then be a champion. It's a different scenario. So, I don't know. If a fighter comes to me and they have their head down, they never look me in the eye. I might have to just look, look at that for what it is and not send them back out there. It's a, it's a willingness game, right? I wrote about willingness in a blog a while ago and about, uh, people, what it takes to get in these exchanges and, and to actually get in there and put on a good show and all that. And it's a willingness. You have to be willing to jump into the fire. If you're not willing to be in there, you're more than likely going to get hurt or you're just going to put on a bad show. We've seen fighters get in there and for whatever the reason, maybe they're up against somebody just as hits just as hard or whatever the case may be. And it null if they nullify each other, they circle around the entire time. The fight never really takes place. Nothing really, really happens. Um, but it's willingness. And that's like almost that's like almost number one, right? Your 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 heart, your soul to be in there, your want to be in there. 
if you're guaranteed to have an injury, like, why put somebody in at risk if they're not really, really willing? You know, they got to give you some inkling of like, yo, I'm, I'm ready, or they're looking at you and they're listening to you, something. There's a ton, ton too much risk in order to send people back out there that aren't willing, willing, willing to go out there. Uh, just for injury's sake, if you haven't, Google Rob Kamen's feet from all them low kicks. Everybody loves Rob Kamen for real, man. He's the fucking low kick chopping king mother, you know what I'm saying? So, but Google his feet, man. I think it was a few years ago. He was, there was like a GoFundMe for his feet. They were all jacked up from all them low kicks that y'all love watching. Straight up. Mark Coleman had back problems. I think he had to go fund me. These are fucking legends in the sport. Consider it. Amateurs, pros, whatever. Even if you're just coaches and you're just starting the corner and all that. Consider what you're talking about. Amateurs, you got protection on and all that. But, you know, there was, I've heard of some cases, man, where amateurs, you know, die. Those head, that headgear sometimes, you know, people take a little too, a few too many. Um, Tito Ortiz, man, he had pictures of his neck cut open from the neck surgeries. I mean, he looks in great shape, Let, don't get it wrong, but, yo, man, why risk it? If you're looking at me or not looking at me, yo, man, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I've had fighters quit, so I had a fighter recently just, man, last year, year before last, I don't know, just basically be like, I don't have it tonight. All right. You, I will lend some uh, effort towards wondering if I coached well enough during the camp, wondering if I did the things that were, you know, necessary to motivate him mentally to be in there and be prepared for the situation and be a part of like uh, this firefight that's going to happen inside the ring or inside the cage or whatever it may be. But you can always tell when somebody's willing to be there and take that kind of punishment, right? So, um, you're right, favor. I have a few, I mean, a few years back, man, I've been doing this for so long. Listen, I don't remember who, even who he was fighting, but he broke both of his hands and he fought the rest of his fight only throwing elbows. I mean, that's what's up. That's willingness, right? You know that that dude wanted to be there because he was willing to do that, man. He was willing to fight with just his elbows. Could you do it? Just your elbows? For rounds, or would you quit? Tim Sylvia had his arm snapped in two by Frank Mir. This dude's arm snapped in two. He wanted to keep going. It's his will. He was will, man. He was willing. I want to be there. I mean, ultimately, it really is up to you. You got to know your fighter. You got to know what you're doing. You got to know... You know, everything that's happening, where he is emotionally, where she is emotionally. Are they winning? Are they losing? Are they taking damage unnecessarily? You know, straight up, it is really, really, really up to the coaches and corner for their safety. But also the fighters, you know, sometimes they're too tough for their own good. So you got to be extra aware of when they're taking damage. They're not throwing back. The ref's not paying attention. The commission's turning their head, not paying attention. I mean, at least in the pros, that's the corner man's, you know, job really to pay attention and, and make sure their fighters being safe because it's only a bunch of years and then you got to do something else. You got to open something, 
You got to invest in something. You got to do something. So you're going to have to have some of that body left over for that. Make sure you are in good hands when you're being cornered in your, in, uh, in your fighting, amateur, pro, whatever. And I thought Robert Drysdale was doing his best to try to motivate his fighter. But, you know, clearly from, from outside looking in, everybody thought, or the majority of people, a lot of people, maybe not the majority, but a lot of people thought, damn, man, you know, that's a lot. He said he, he kept saying he didn't want in. Why didn't you stop it? I mean, but that's also his priority as a coach. He wanted to try to get his fighter to get up and get out there. Sometimes it happens, man. I've seen it. Dude, stand up, pound their chest, run out there and, you know, win or not. They're happy they did it. So that's my opinion on that. I don't know, you know, how you feel. If you want to leave a comment, do so. Let me know what's up. Remember, guys, if you're in the area of North Miami or if you're in Miami and you want to stop by and check out the gym or if you're a visitor coming in for vacation and you want to uh, get some training in, Drop us a line at Lucky's MT Miami at Gmail, or you can uh, follow us at Instagram uh, at Lucky's Muay Thai and drop me a line there. And uh, just keep checking out the videos on YouTube and we will keep popping them off. Uh, the gym's been great. So, you know, we have had pretty decently full classes. I mean, we're doing it very slowly because we want to make sure everybody's being safe. We're taking our time. Uh, we're doing six people, six person classes. Uh, we have been for the last three weeks or so, whatever it's been. And, um, we are adding, you know, two more people per class. I think because we've had a great response and we've had a lot of people contacting us about, you know, joining the gym and coming by, we're probably going to add more hours next month. And then, you know, on and on, I guess. I mean, look, we're trying to keep it super smooth. So like I said, if you want to swing by the gym, we'd love to have you stop by. Just give us a shout first so we can uh, set it up with you. And make sure you get in there safe and enjoy your time uh, with us. We have some people getting ready for fight camps and all this stuff. Like, it's starting to move again. So I hope everybody's, you know, being safe, taking care of their health. Make sure you get your cardio in. Try to run a couple miles, you know, do your, do your business. Um, that being said, you know, let's talk about something pretty interesting. Uh, it's so interesting to me, at least, that in a jiu-jitsu gym, Shout out to all the jujitsu gyms everywhere, like everything. I love, you know, we love, I love my peoples. Um, I've seen coaches like put on their schedules, uh, Muay Thai, right? And when I've seen the video of the Muay Thai, well, I mean, obviously it wasn't Muay Thai. Now, what it was, was some sort of like, you know, watered, not even call it watered down, just, it wasn't the real. It was like a couple of different moves and it was something they could add to their schedule, right? It's, it's a, a game of making, making sure you have enough to offer the people and your clients and build a clientele. Not necessarily an MMA class, but you know, me at a striking class, right? They'll call it Muay Thai, they'll call it kickboxing, whatever it may be. But the problems I see is like, there's a, at least if you're coaching that and you're calling it that, usually you try to start people off from the real uh, basics and work them up unless they've had some sort of training and you can kind of mold that training into something. But generally you start from zero. Like if I went to a jujitsu gym to train, they would start me at a white belt unless I was already, you know, a, another belt. And then even then they might have questions about where my belt came from. So but they would start me a white belt. I would have to learn all the basics, you know, shrimping, all these different things, right? But then if I 
myself decided to say at my Muay Thai gym, Hey man, I'm, I'm having, you know, jujitsu training at whatever time of week, you know, because I just want to add that onto my schedule as a, you know, another offering to my people. I have had plenty of jujitsu training, but one of the things I've been solid on always is like, I don't really want to try to show people things. I don't feel like I am, I have enough knowledge about anything to show anybody anything. So I always feel like that. And I couldn't imagine, it's, it's interesting because I feel like if I did that, I feel like jujitsu coaches and they would lose their minds about it. Not necessarily lose their minds, but they would definitely not think it was a legit place, like a legit thing, you know? But in, in Muay Thai or in kickboxing, that kind of stuff, I, we don't have like a big system of like, yo, you, that's not, you're not doing it right. That's not real. But people do it. They accept it. They just kind of do, oh, it's a strike. It's a Muay Thai class two days a week. All right. I'm taking jujitsu. I might as well do a couple of the Muay Thai classes, but not really learning like how to strike, like how to really do it. So. You know, I just find that interesting. I feel like I couldn't show up to IBJJF with, like, I do have a, a Muay Thai logo and stuff and prepared for the future, just so y'all know. But I couldn't show up now with, like, Lucky's Muay Thai uh, Jiu-Jitsu team. Um, my team's just going to, you know, we're ready to roll without being some sort of, like, accredited by them or whatever the case may be. I don't think you can you can really do that. But you could for sure have a jujitsu gym, teach Muay Thai two days a week, and then show up at a amateur Muay Thai fight and get your fighter booked. No matter what gym you came from. So, you know, just an interesting comparison of those two. Or those those things. Anyway, it was just a thought. I was just thinking about it because I, I feel like, man, that's kind of, I, we talked about maybe wanting to add jujitsu to the gym. And some of that is, some of that is me <laughs> not wanting to. I mean, it's not that I don't want to, but, uh, jujitsu for me is like a place where I go kind of, it's where I'm like the student. I've, it's kind of my escape. So I'm like currently looking for a place and that I can go to that, you know, fits into my schedule and all that kind of stuff. But considering it, man, it's kind of crazy that, um, we haven't added it yet, but it's something that, you know, I wonder about, you know, do you feel like Muay Thai gyms, cause you know, like Tiger Muay Thai is a big complex now, right? They have, uh, wrestling and jujitsu. And so are they an MMA gym now or are they a Muay Thai gym? I mean, I clearly, you know, they do a little bit of everything now. So I don't know, you know, does that, does that take away? From, there are a ton of MMA gyms here in Miami. We are one of the few Muay Thai gyms. So what does that do? Does that take away from uh, us as a Muay Thai gym if we add jujitsu, or does it uh, add to us as a martial arts facility? I mean, I don't know. I wonder what you guys think. You know, does it feel authentic to you if you go to a Muay Thai gym and then they also add jujitsu, or is it just that jujitsu is such a big part of our lives now that it's just going to be a part of? Uh, Muay Thai gyms and kickboxing gyms. But here's the thing. 
I think we all need to really try to make sure that um, we blow up this kickboxing Muay Thai scene. I don't know how we can do it other than what we've been doing, you know, watching fights and trying to promote the people that we like. But um, if we're going to involve jujitsu in our gyms and that kind of stuff to just sort of like we got to get on some kind of roll here as far as having the fights and people's names getting blown up and like, you know, pushing the sport a little bit more forward. So let me know what your thoughts about our uh, having jujitsu at your Muay Thai gym that you, you know, maybe you just love the authenticity of like, there's no jujitsu here. It's just Muay Thai because I know some jujitsu places are like, yo, we just jujitsu. We don't do nothing else. And they're good with that. But Muay Thai is weird because we don't have like a ton of, we don't, we are niche, but we, everybody's on that MMA scene. They're trying to get into that. You know, they want to get a class into that. So it's a little bit different, but listen, I love this. This has been fantastic. Um, I can't wait to find a place to do jujitsu, man. I am woo, fiending. I need to get on a mat. Um, not trying to get, you know, murderized, but I'm definitely looking forward to training some jujitsu soon. If you like the podcast slash showcast, whatever we're calling it now, uh, please subscribe, hit the notification bell so you can hear when I'm yapping some more. Maybe I'll put out something else. Um, this has been a great time. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, if you have some different points of view, that's dope. Hit me up. You can also reach us for the gym at uh, www.luckysmt.com. Drop us a mail, luckysmtmiami at gmail. Hit us up on Instagram. Follow us anyway. You know what I'm saying? At Lucky's Muay Thai. I always put up some cool stuff. So uh, looking forward to seeing y'all next week. This has been the BCMA Podcast, episode number seven. Dig in. Rest the cops kill Brianna Taylor. Black Lives Matter.